Welcome to the latest edition of the Ask Qubit About Analytics podcast, brought to you by Qubit, the trusted experts in analytics. Our goal is to cut through the jargon and hype around analytics and data science and share practical advice to guide you on your analytics journey. You can find us at qubit.com, that's Q-U-E-B-I-T.com. Thank you for joining me today. I'm A.G. Tan. One thing I find fascinating about business is how it is inherently a human activity. Yes, it involves numbers and metrics and technology, but all of those are in service of something much bigger, organizing human effort in service of everyone's needs. Think about it. Life would be a lot harder if I had to grow all my own food, spin my own cloth, and make my own candles, especially if I wasn't particularly good at doing any of those things. Luckily, there are businesses that are good at those things that do them for me. And in return, I'm part of a business with its own specialization. That said, we didn't get here to 21st century life in one short step. There was an evolution, a constant cycle of innovation and change. And along the way, there was a ton of heartburn because, let's face it, change can also be hard. It disrupts your routine and things you used to do on autopilot suddenly require effort. That's inherently human also. In today's podcast, we will share some tips for managing technological change in a business. Although we only have time to scratch the surface, we still hope you'll find it helpful. My guest today is Brian Moore, who is a vice president of consulting services here at Qubit and an expert in what we call consulting craft, which encompasses all the soft skills and without which no analytics or any consulting engagement can be successful. Originally trained as an industrial engineer, Brian also has a background as an entrepreneur and co-owned his own consulting firm before coming to us. Thank you for being here today, Brian. Welcome. Thanks, AG. Happy to be here. Happy to talk with you today. So, Brian, just to be as precise as possible as to what we mean by the term change management, let me lay out a common scenario which will be familiar to you. So, suppose you're the manager of financial planning and analysis of a mid-sized company, and each fall you initiate a company-wide process called the annual budget, which involves collecting data from, say, 20 different managers around the company, and then combining and aggregating this data to produce a consolidated budget. And let's pretend that the primary tool you use for this is Excel spreadsheet files, so the process can be very time-consuming, especially when someone makes a mistake or an assumption changes. So this year, however, it's going to be different. There will be change. You have invested in a cloud-based planning software tool that will, that will enable those 20 managers to input and manage their budgets directly into a web browser and a central data store. And the software will automatically consolidate all the budgets so you won't worry about that. And what are you gonna do with all that saved time? You're gonna do a better job, of course. Everyone is going to be able to budget at a lower level of detail than before. You'll be able to do more driver-based budgeting so you can play what-if games with your assumptions. For example, what if raw material costs go up and so on and so on. You'll be able to do more analysis and the business managers will have access to dashboards and reports help them make better decisions faster. Well, this is good, right? It's change, but it'll make everything better, right? So, so what is there to manage? Why 
change management? Ah, uh, yes. What what could possibly go wrong? <laughs> Hopefully, if you're fortunate, uh, you had a reputable software vendor sell you the product and hopefully they accurately represented it, its features and its capabilities. And if you're lucky, you have a good implementer to put in the product and they'll know it backwards and forwards. Uh, they'll know how to design a proper solution and how to architect and deliver it because they've had experience with dozens if not hundreds of implementations similarly. Uh, but then again, you have humans on the receiving end of all this and they're gonna be wildly unpredictable. Now the term change uh, can elicit a lot of different feelings to uh, folks. You have excitement, fear, enthusiasm, apprehension, anxiety, and the list goes on. Uh, so different folks are going to have uh, much different responses when you introduce a new product to them and, and the concept of change. Some of those folks have been doing their day job and their uh, tools for a dozen, if not uh, dozens of years. And so if you're bringing a new product, new solution to them to do their job differently, it's definitely going to be uh, a certain response to change. And there lies our need for change management. So you're saying that just because you think it's better, it doesn't mean it is going to automatically be better for everybody who's involved? That's correct. Yeah, the uh, certain element of uh, emotions and, and reactions uh, those folks are going to have is uh, going to make it a difficult job to uh, do that transition. So it, it could uh, objectively be a better product, a better solution, but uh, the, the human reaction is definitely difficult to manage. Right. Thank you. So I know you have a framework that you use to think about all the components of change management. Can you explain what each of them is and maybe provide a short example um, that illustrates why it's important? Sure. Yeah, I've uh, prepared some bullet points here of, of the general methodology we use. And, and uh, I think first and foremost, we'll start with executive sponsorship. So the executives were uh, involved in the purchase process. And so uh, they're you know, the ones making the decision and you hope that you have good support with, from them throughout the project. Uh, they're going to drive the agenda and um, what they decide is, is what the team's going to do to follow their lead. So uh, if they prioritize the project as much as the day-to-day -day operations, uh, the project will uh, hopefully have a successful outcome. Whereas if they don't show that leadership and that sponsorship, then it's possible that the uh, team will brush the project aside and, and it will impact success. You know, have uh, clearly defined goals. So what is the target? Uh, what is everybody marching towards? You want to revisit these goals often and change course as necessary. Um, you know, when you're having project status meetings, make sure that everybody is still in alignment. And uh, if we are not, have a uh, meeting of the minds to redirect as necessary. You want to communicate. Uh, communicate and communicate. We'll say that thrice. <laughs> uh, want to make sure that the project team is communicating with the rest of the business, uh, that the uh, consulting team, if, if there is a consulting team, is communicating with the client properly, uh, that the executives are in loops. So I want to make sure that everybody is, is communicating often. Team dynamics. Uh, this can be very tricky. There are some internal politics you need to be mindful of. Uh, often uh, when we deliver planning solutions, we see uh, kind of a conflict between the finance team and the IT team. 
you want to make sure that everybody feels uh, that they have a say in the solution and everybody feels heard. And you want to have, make sure that there's leadership on both sides and that they work well together. Uh, evolution and not a revolution uh, with these planning uh, projects and, and solutions. Uh, we don't have to do a massive multi-year approach. So often it's best to get quick wins via the phased approach. Uh, so don't lay out uh, too much on, on your plate on phase one. It's not like an ERP project where it has to be, you know, a whole, uh, whole shoot and match uh, multi-year project. So it can be done uh, in shorter sprints. Uh, towards the end of the project, we want to make sure there's proper testing and accuracy. Uh, so you want to have a good testing plan developed early in the project, and then you want to follow it strictly through user acceptance testing. Uh, you do not want to deliver a half-baked solution to the end user. End users get their hands on the solution, and you have inaccurate data or um, software that's not functioning properly, or you have bugs. Uh, they might reject it, and they may never come back. They might go cling to their tools that they're used to using, and um, that can be very, very hard to keep that product off the shelf. And then uh, promoting and marketing a solution to your user community, um, socialize via the corporate intranet or any social media or newsletters that you have that the project is underway. I want to make sure that end users know about it often and, and when the schedule to deliver is so that they are properly prepared. And then lastly, after you go live, we'll make sure you get proper feedback and have a good enhancement loop from the end user community so that if they have any concerns or any uh, feature enhancements that they'd like, you want to make sure they're heard and you can incorporate them in the next phase. Well, Brian, that's, a, that's an excellent checklist, but I, I feel like um, they're all important points to be considered, but they don't necessarily have to happen in that order. In fact, some of the items you might want to consider simultaneously right from the start. Is that not fair? So for example, um, with the user community, that might be part of the conversation even before they purchase the software that the need for the software might be driven by the user community or might be socialized with the user community so that you know, they have input into even the direction and the goals of the project. Um, and communication, obviously, is not just item, you know, three or four on a checklist. Communication is something that has to happen um, throughout. So, so I just wanted to, to clarify that I understood that correctly. Yeah, yeah. So comprehensively, all of those, those points working together um, for before the project starts and then throughout. And that's a, that's a great point about getting the end users uh, involved pre-purchase, you know, that they're doing the vendor selection process right there with you so that they have a stake in the uh, success. Yeah, and some of the consulting projects I've been on, we've talked about the concept of a tame user. Obviously, it's not realistic if you have a user community of tens or hundreds to have everybody involved in the project. But usually you can find a few representative people among the users who are perhaps you know, interested and excited in being part of a project like this. And you can engage them to be early participants and early testers. Um, and then you can use them later on to help evangelize to, to the rest of their, their peer community. Yeah, yeah, precisely. Another point I just wanted to drill down on briefly, just because I 
um, I think I have a good example of it. So is the clearly defined goals point, which sounds very vague, but I'm thinking about a specific project I was on where we went in and we were supposed to deliver financial reporting, financial consolidation, and also sales analytics. And that's what we were hired to do. But when we arrived, it turned out that the data needed for the sales analytics would be a little bit more work to get hold of. And so we readjusted the goals to turn that into a phase two so that we could focus on the quick win of the financial reporting. So I just wanted to be sure, is that the kind of example you're thinking of when we say, you know, having clearly defined goals and then reevaluating them along the way? Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's a good demonstration of agility and, and changing course when necessary. Uh, you do want to try to stick to a, a project schedule. So in your particular example, you know, the, the project could have dragged out an additional several months uh, in order to fit that initial scope. But, you know, then that might've been, been viewed as a deficiency from the end users, whereas you promised to, to deliver a product in two to three months. So that was a, a good deviation to get a quick win there. And, and, uh, manage the change. Absolutely. So I feel like there's an overarching theme here somewhere at the intersection of planning ahead, communicating and being agile. Is, is that fair to say? Yeah, yeah. And the, uh, the comprehensive approach uh, definitely incorporates those three items, especially the middle one at uh, communication, definitely key. Uh, so I can reiterate just to further drive home, uh, communicating between the different stakeholders uh, across the organization, especially mindful of that uh, finance and IT relationship, and then communicating to the end users before the inception of the project or even the inception of the purchase throughout the project, and then towards testing and, and delivery and after go live as well. been a great discussion and you shared some really good advice. So as we get to the home stretch here, I really like to focus on some practical tips and tricks for our listeners. So here's my question. Is it possible to be successful if you're responsible for a project that really could use a change management plan, but let's say you don't have the executive support or the influence to cover all the bases, for example, getting your stakeholders to agree on goals or historical issues between different groups. Do you have any advice for someone in that situation who still wants to try and make this successful? Let's see. So we have uh, a lack of a change management plan, uh, low ex executive support, and uh, some an anonymity between finance and IT. Uh, this one's going to be a struggle. Uh, those are you know, all, all key pieces. Uh, not impossible, though. So uh, a book I, I read not too long ago, uh, Jeff Moore's Crossing the Chasm, uh, mentions throughout the technology adoption curve. And so if you've been with the organization for a few months or even a few years, you've got a pretty good read on the members of your team. Uh, you know who the early adopters are, the technologists, the innovators, the ones that are going to latch on to this new solution to leave the old tools behind or the, uh, the latest and greatest. So you want to uh, engage these folks on a one-on-one -on -one level and get the product in their hands, uh, get them involved in the project and see if they can have some early successes. And uh, highly likely that they will be able to adopt to the technology. It's your job to publicize those successes. 
the tech is good. There's a reason your boss uh, bought the product in the first place. And at the very least, it's going to be better than what the current tools in use are. Ultimately, these solutions should make everybody's lives easier, but uh, managing this transition to the new technology is what will lead to the ultimate successful outcome for everybody involved. Yeah, so, you know, I think what you're saying is that there's a value to being patient, being patient with people, and also um, supporting them in the process, not just assuming that they're going to jump all over it because somebody says so, but actually patiently providing them a supported path towards getting a comfort level um, and then leading on to those successes that we hope will, will emerge. Is that essentially what you're saying here? Yeah, yeah, know your audience, uh, know who the laggards are and try to uh, keep them isolated and know who your champions are gonna be so that you can have other folks carry the torch with you, whether you're uh, in the, the client doing the installation or if you're part of a consulting team uh, from externally, you do wanna identify those champions that are, are gonna carry the torch with you. Oh, that, that's great advice, Brian. Thank you so much for the conversation. I've really enjoyed it. Absolutely. My pleasure. Well, that's it for today. Thank you for listening. We would love to hear from you. Do you have anything you would like to ask Qubit about analytics? You can tweet us at AskQubit or email us at info at qubit.com. That's info at Q-U-E-B-I-T dot com. Until next time. Thank you.